My name is Anthony P. Richards. I'm a pastor and I started this podcast channel to equip, encourage, inspire and challenge you to passionately live to your potential in Christ through the Word of God. For more information, you can go to my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Thank you for joining me as we continue our journey through the Word of God. And today we are continuing and we're going to conclude our journey through the chapter, or 24th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew as we're continuing our journey through this. Now, as I've mentioned in my previous videos on Matthew 24, these are videos and, or, and, and podcasts that you need to listen to one after the other. You need to listen to them, watch them one after the other to understand all of Matthew chapter 24 and its context. So now I'm going to jump straight into Matthew 24, verse 32. Now, learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. So, Assuredly, I say to you, (laughs) this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. The fig tree has a regular pattern. This is what Jesus is talking about here. The leaves appear and then the summer follows. When you see the leaves, you know that summer's near. The fig tree was a common fruit tree in Israel. Uh, it's mentioned many times in the Old Testament. Especially used as a description of the abundance of the land of Israel. Now, many times figs or fig trees were used as symbols or pictures in Bible teaching. Passages like Jeremiah chapter 24, verses 1 to 10, Hosea chapter 9, verse 10, and figs, fig trees, are used as a representation for the nation of Israel. And it seems that Jesus' reference here is on the way that the fig tree follows reliable growth cycles related to the seasons. And it's especially evident when you compare this passage to Luke chapter 21, verse 29 to 31, which says, Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they are already budding, you see and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Jesus assured that when these signs appeared, as he foretold, which is the abomination of desolation, followed by the great tribulation, followed by the signs in the heavens, that his return to earth would follow. Now, when a fig tree buds, there is an, an inevitable result. Summer is near, fruit's coming. And in the same way, when these signs are seen, the coming of Jesus in glory with his church will inevitably follow. Now, this is 
just as Daniel prophesied in Daniel chapter 12, verse 11. The end will come 1,290 days after the abomination of desolation. Jesus assures that the agonies of the great tribulation are not going to go on forever. They will have an end. And up until this point, Jesus has given an important outline for end time events. There will be catastrophes and persecutions, but those in themselves are not the sign of the end. There will arise a pivotal sign, which will be the abomination of desolation. When the abomination of desolation appears in the temple, in the Holy of Holies, where an idolatrous image is set up in the rebuilt temple in the Holy of Holies, there are warnings to Israel to flee after the abomination. And then on the heels of the abomination of desolation will come the great tribulation, the second half of the tribulation. And then there's going to be all those cosmic disturbances. And in culmination, Jesus is going to return in glory to his people. Now, he says, Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. This statement of Jesus' return is one of the central reasons that many people have looked for all or most of the events of this chapter to be fulfilled in AD 70, which is basically 40 years after Jesus spoke these words. But as we've previously talked about, to say this is to greatly stretch the most natural interpretation of the abomination of desolation. Even it's a great stretch of the severity of the great tribulation or the cosmic signs and the coming of the Son of Man. I think it's better to let those passages have their most natural meaning and to fit this promise. into the framework of their most natural meaning. This generation will by no means pass away. Now, it can't be the generation of the disciples because they they went a long time ago. They never saw Jesus return in glory as this described in Matthew 24, 30. So it's undoubtedly the generation that sees these signs. That's the, so the generation, assuredly I say to you, the generation that sees these signs will by no means pass away till all these things take place. These events, Jesus' return, aren't going to be on a very long timetable. They're going to happen in succession the way that Jesus said would happen. Jesus referred to Daniel's prophecy, so we know that that is something that we can use as a calculation method for the period of the Great Tribulation. We don't know when Jesus is coming back for his church. We do know that when he comes back from from his church, it starts a seven-year period, and we know what's going to happen in the first three and a half years, and we know what's going to happen in the middle, and we know what's going to happen in the second three and a half years. Okay, so then let's move on here. Matthew 24, 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Now, this is Jesus going back to the original question that the disciples asked at the beginning of Matthew chapter 24. What will be the sign of your coming? Remember, they thought they were asking one question. They were actually asking three. And his answer is somewhat unexpected. Of that day, no one knows the hour that I'm coming back. 
So we're talking about Jesus coming back for his church, which will start the tribulation. To give this the strongest emphasis possible, Jesus says that this knowledge was reserved for his father only, which means that in Jesus' time when he spoke this in his earthly ministry, he did not know the day nor the hour at that time that he said these words. And so if Jesus said during his earthly ministry, I don't even know, then I think it makes anybody who thinks that they can predict when it is going to happen foolish. No one knows. And based on what Jesus has told us about the abomination of desolation, we could expect that the exact day and hour could be known because Daniel told us that there would be 1,290 days after the abomination of desolation. So that's when Daniel set the day of Jesus' return. So all of a sudden now we're presented with a dilemma. How can the day of Jesus' coming be both completely unknown and at the same time be known according to the exact day, according to Daniel chapter 12, verse 11? Which is a great question and it deserves a great answer. So let's move on. Watch it unfold. Matthew 24, verse 37. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark. And did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will come and be the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus explained what he meant by the days of Noah. It means that when he's going to come back for his church, life is going to be going on as normal, eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, business as usual. And we should remember that the days of Noah were marked with violence. There was demonic oppression, Genesis chapter 6, early verses of Genesis chapter 6. And they did not know until the flood came and took them all away. Those in the days of Noah were warned. And then eventually judgment came. To the people who ignored the warnings came suddenly and unexpectedly. Carson, that the coming of the Son of Man takes place in an unknown time can only be true if, in fact, life seems to be going on pretty much as usual, just as in the days of the Great Flood. In this, we now have another dilemma. How can Jesus come to a world where life is going on as normal and also a world that's experiencing the worst calamities ever seen on earth, ever? This is another great question that deserves another great answer. It's going to be revealed to us. Matthew 24, verse 40. Yes, we'll we'll continue on here. Verse 40. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, 
that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Jesus here points to these curious disappearances, the catching away um, of the church at the coming of the Son of Man, which is described in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. And the verb that's used here for the, the word taken um, is the same verb used in Matthew 1, verse 20, 17, verse 1, 18, chapter 18, verse 16, verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 17. And it implies to take someone to be with you. France says, and therefore here points to the salvation rather than the destruction of the one who's taken. So the ones who are taken, the two men who will be in the field, one shall be taken. The one taken is taken to his salvation, not taken away to his desolation. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Since the day and the hour uh, of Jesus' coming are unknowable, Jesus' followers, his disciples, have to be on constant readiness, uh, in a constant state of readiness for his coming. This is the second coming dilemma. It's going to be at an unexpected hour or is it something that you can positively predict? Is it when the world's going on business as usual or is it when there's worldwide catastrophes? Is it meeting him in the air, First Thessalonians chapter 4, or is he coming with the saints, Zechariah chapter 14, verse 5? William Barclay describes one aspect of the difficulty here. It is in two sections, and they seem to contradict each other. The first, verses 32 to 35, seem to indicate that, as a man can tell by the signs of nature when summer is on the way, so he can tell by the signs of the world when the second coming is on the way. The second section, verse 36 to 41, says quite definitely that no one knows the time of the second coming, not the angels, not even Jesus himself, but only God, and that it will come upon men with the suddenness of a rainstorm out of a blue sky. The dilemma is resolved by seeing that there are two second comings. One is in the air for the church, commonly known as the rapture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. The other is the second coming to the world. The contradictions, which will be at the end of the Great Tribulation, the contradictions in Matthew 24 and much of the rest of prophecy regarding end times are solved by seeing that there are references to two returns of Jesus. Coming for his church, taking them up in the air, then coming back to the earth. Therefore also, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming an hour you do not expect. We, we cannot escape the emphasis here. We've got to be ready because his coming for us is going to be without warning. And Jesus follows with a few parables that are going to drive home this point. And we're going to pick that up in the next video, the next podcast because I want to leave it there for today and then finish Matthew 24 with the closing parables of Jesus. Know that this is a lot to digest.
I hope you have the opportunity to watch or listen to these again and again to understand the nature of what Jesus is saying in this most wonderful chapter in Matthew chapter 24. Thank you so much for listening. For more content, please don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Have a great day. Thank you.